evening and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight, well, I'll be there for a change. Ricky Hyatt will be here as well. Dave Hilder Pryor will be here. Tom Bailey will be here as well. And with a bit of luck, Thorpe will roll up as well. So settle down, pour yourself a nice cup of tea, and let's find out what's been going on in the world of football. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. Yes, we're back. We're back. And above all, he's back. And you've already heard the voice. It's super speedy, Mr. A.D. Hopper. A.D., how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. And thank you very much to Open Reach and BT, even though BT are the worst company in the world to deal with. But I have got the fastest internet I've ever had, I think, at the moment. So hopefully it'll stay that way. And I'm sure the listeners will be delighted. I'm sure they will. The They'll be valleys. absolutely, unbelievably um, delighted, I think. <coughs> also joining us this evening, it's Mr. Paul Thorpe. Thorpey, good evening. Good evening. How is everyone? In the pink, mate. In the bloody pink. Lovely. Fantastic. Lovely to be here and raring to go. Excellent. Also raring to go, as always, Mr. Rick Hyatt is here. How are you doing, Rick? Oh, hello. Uh, raring. <laughs> Chomping <laughs> at the bit to coin Chris Hargreaves. Yes, looking forward to seeing what a super fast hopper sounds like. <laughs> Worrying. Completing the set tonight, then, um, of course, it's the one and only Mr. Freddie Mercury. Uh, it's Tom Bailey joins us. How are you doing, Tom? I'm not too bad, thank you. It's probably one of the better comparisons I've had, so I'll take that. <laughs> so um, I just need to start by letting you boys know that uh, this is going to be a three-hour special tonight. Um, and if you're wondering why, um, that's because... Um, my mother-in-law is staying with us for a few days, so if we can make this a three-hour special, I'd be really grateful. <laughs> yeah, and so... Uh, mother-in-law, are you Already, as I said that, I'm looking over my shoulder at the door, yeah. and I'm like, is she there? <laughs> well, I'm just so pleased that she's actually tuned in tonight as well. <laughs> and our special Here she guest. is! <laughs> No, I kid, I kid. It's not going to be a three-hour special, listener. Um, but before we do get going, um, Tom Bailey, talking of all things uh, Freddie Mercury on your good self, um, uh, we did, at Three Valleys, share the link to your Movember calls uh, yesterday. So if people want to get involved and donate uh, <coughs> for Tom Bailey uh, for the month of Movember, for that striking tash that he's developing, if you haven't seen it. Um, Tom, do you just want to talk a little bit 
about that before we start and just about the cause and what you're looking to raise? Uh, yeah, well, it's I'm sure many people have heard of November, but if they haven't, it's all about growing a moustache for um, men's health as uh, November is Men's Health Month. Um, I'm mainly representing more the mental health side of things as I uh, continue to go through battles of my own and have gone through battles previously. Um, so obviously it's something that means a lot to myself. Uh, last year I raised £75, so not much, but I mean, every little helps. Uh, I've got a target this year of £100. Um, I don't know if, if there's any suggestions for something silly I'd do if I raise 100 Maybe it's every 100 I hit, I keep it for an extra month or something. I don't know, but um, if anyone has suggestions, then send them in. Can you dye uh, it green and white, Tom? Now, that's a shout. I, I could. Sorry, I, I just suddenly <laughs> thought of that. Sorry. <laughs> Carry I, on. There's a chance. <laughs> that is a shout. Uh, I think that is a very good shout. Well, I'll bang 20 straight in if you do that. <laughs> oh, there you go. Rick, stick in the tenor. Yeah. We'll yeah. do this tonight, then. We'll do this tonight. Um, but yeah, any donations, no matter how big or small, um, are all greatly appreciated. It all goes to a good cause, um, be it well, it's for Movember who do sort of men's mental health they look at physical health um if anyone needs to talk it's important to talk um shoulder to shoulder conversation is one of the greatest things you can do as a man um just talk to a mate you may think you're being a burden but honestly you're not um go for a drink go and watch the football um do whatever you need to do go for a walk but shoulder to shoulder conversation you don't have to look at each other just just talk it's important so um anything you can do to raise extra money to raise awareness whatever we can do is uh, greatly appreciated so you can find the page on um the three valleys radio facebook page um i've also shared it on my twitter which is at molly mot yelly app that's my name backwards um and any donations are greatly appreciated excellent start to the pod tom and uh, and good luck and we'll um we'll keep the listeners updated with how that's going um across the month um as always, on, on the Monday, we'll review uh, Yeovil Town on the, on the weekend and all the Premier League action. But there is just a couple of stories I wanted to touch on, first of all. Um, Rick, I'll come to you first, because it was the um, the funeral of Sir yeah. Bobby today. So I just wanted to sort of do a quick nod to that, basically. Obviously, we touched on the stories of everybody when you know the news broke. But um, a sad day, and by all accounts, it looked like he had you know the send-off that he deserved. Yeah. Yeah, a good uh, a good send off for the man. Good procession into the church and everything. I think it's only right that um, we said at the time, you know, that the impact he's had on football in this country. And I think it's it's quite a unifying thing for football fans across the country to to get behind and everything that he he stood for. Basically, he's everything everything that's good about football was represented by that man. And it's just nice to see him given the respectful send off that. Obviously, he deserved. Did you just want to come in on that one as well, Aid? Yeah, well, actually, uh, as I was waiting for uh, Open Reach to come and fix my broadband, I had the television on, and Sky Sports News covered the uh, event very well. Um, it was good to see uh, so many people there. Sir Alex was there, Paddy Creran was there. Now, I'd been told that Paddy Creran was suffering from dementia, but he didn't seem like it to me. He spoke very well. Um, Alex Stepney was there. Mickey Thomas was there. Willie Morgan was there. They're just all the names, and, and it all looked very tastefully done. And um, 
Haley McQueen did the commentary. Uh, Lou McClory was there. It was just just great. The, um, David uh, Gill was there. Um, Richard Arnold was there. Everybody was there. It was great. And um, you know, I think a fitting tribute to a, an absolutely outstanding footballer and gentleman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll chuck it round to the rest of the group as well. Thorpe, just reiterating those points. Absolutely, I can't say any more. I mean, the guy's a legend. He deserves a great send-off. He got one. And it's lovely to see all those other people there. Um, just just being there to give him that um, amazing send-off. And, uh, you know, it's, you know it's, it, as all football fans should be there celebrating his life and what he's been able to give to, to football, but also to the community of... Um, of Manchester and surrounding areas as well. You know, he's a legend and will always be so. And for you, Tom Bailey, because you're in a similar sort of um, era to myself in which that most of the stories of um, Sir Bobby are all be of obviously things that have happened in, in, in the past. It's all historical stuff that we've got to go by. But just to echo really what the the rest of the lads have said. Yeah. Pretty much, I think everything that can be said about him has been said. Um, a footballing legend, and will go down in in the uh, in the annals as one of the greats. Um, and it's good that he's got the send off that he deserved. Yeah, well, well said, gentlemen. And um, a sad day for a different reason uh, for a for a man who used to uh, ply his trade down here at Yeovil. You might have seen that uh, our friend uh, mm. Mr. Darren Stahl. Uh, unfortunately, got the old tin tack at Woking earlier today. Um, Thorpe, I don't know if you've seen this, but yeah, yeah, obviously he, he he voluntarily left Yeovil to uh, to seek the opportunity at Woking, and they had a pretty decent season last season by all accounts. And been a bit trickier this time around. Is that just a another case of a ownership saying, do you know what, we're going to make a change because it doesn't really take too long now these days for those decisions to be made, and he's just another victim of that, possibly? Yeah, I mean, I looked at the, um, the table, they're in 14th place, and uh, that's obviously not good enough for the, the, the owners of that, that uh, football club. It's a shame, really, because he, he's, he's a, a really nice bloke, wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's very, very honest. Uh, you know, we, we, we sort of, like, um, spoke to him a few times, and, he, and he's just a really honest, nice bloke. And... Um, but he wants results, and and, and I've, I felt that Woking were the type of club that that could have a decent season, but also could have an average season. And obviously, they haven't have an, have an average season, and um, they decided that um, maybe a new approach would be uh, better than sticking with with Darren. Like, but um, listen, I, I I hope he has a little rest. I don't think he's going to be out of football for very long because. He's an extremely good manager who knows knows this uh, um, sort of like area of football, you know, around this national league, possibly football league, and um, he's got a wealth of knowledge and uh, he's an extremely good manager. So, you know, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be out of football for very long. Hey, do you echo those comments? I mean, you would have built up a bit of a. I know you built up a bit of a relationship with him from his time at the club. Obviously, he did a lot with. Um... Yeovil, not just on the field but off it as well, and was obviously here during the time with Lee Collins' tragic passing and all those sort of 
events that happened at Yeovil in his time here. So you can understand why he felt maybe it was the time to move on, particularly with the ownership at that time as well. Um, but a manager that, as Thorpe says, he would expect to still uh, be involved in management in the non-too-distant future. Yeah, he was, and as Thorpe said, he was he was a very good, nice guy. Um, it always amused me. Yeah, you know, footballers when they're warming up, they put these bits of rubber, um, like a gigantic rubber band around their legs. He always used to get so worked up about that because he thought it was pathetic. And, uh, he, he used to get really worked up about it as soon as anybody came up with these rubber bands or something. He'd get really funny about it. But he was he was a really nice guy, and I don't blame him for leaving at the time because, uh, frankly, it was. It was, you know, nigh on impossible to better do the job properly with it, what was going on there. And as we saw after that, stop eating that cheesecake. Um, as we saw after that, um, you know, it went from bad to worse, to be honest. So uh, it was very difficult. And I think equally, it's 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 nice, and I'm sure we'll touch on this in a minute with with the oval. But it's nice that um, uh, Mark Cooper has managed to, you know, hang in there. Uh, under extremely difficult circumstances last season, and then come on to prove what a good manager is because he's he's done, he's you know set a club record of thirteen wins on the trot. So, um, but you know, as for Darren Sow, I say I'm sure he'll get another job because he's 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 down to earth, he's sensible, he knows what he's doing, and I'm sure that somebody will snap him up very quickly. Well, you've teed us up nicely there, Aid, because you've mentioned the 13 wins in a row. So that's where we'll go next, because we'll talk about the current Yeovil team. And the current Yeovil team are absolutely flying. Tom Bailey, you were there with myself on Saturday afternoon against Dover uh, to make it 13 wins in a row, which was a record when, I don't know about you boys, that the fact that it was a record just seemed to creep up on me a little bit. We know that everyone was talking about the wins in a row, but... I didn't really hear many conversations about it being a record. I obviously guess it would be up there. I don't know if it's just one of those things where we suddenly thought, oh, this is a club record. And then it just seemed to to file out from that. But um, Tom, on the day, a, a word we used a lot on comms was was patience. And, and that's how it turned out to be with two second half goals from Sonny Cox. How did you see it? Yeah, it was complete domination from start to finish from Yeovil, to be honest. Um, Dover came out maybe the first couple of minutes trying to do something, maybe spring a trap, but other than that, they just shrinked straight away back into their, to their sort of defensive shape. And I mean, they did a good job considering the barrage they were facing, um, but it was never really in doubt, to be honest. It was just a case of, as we said, patience. Um, and sure enough, it paid off. Sonny Cox... Um, with a brilliant double, could have had a hat trick perhaps. Um, Jake Hyde also deserved a goal, uh, so it's unfortunate that he didn't get his because it was a, a brilliant performance from him. And to be honest, from everybody, there was not a single bad performance um, from any of the players, even the substitutions. Uh, even the stats backed up the, the level of domination. I've I've got them here. So Yeovil had sixty-seven percent possession, uh, which I'm sure is probably one of the highest we've had all season. Uh, 28 shots compared to Dover's two. I didn't even realise Dover had any shots. Um, and an XG of 3.26, which just goes to show that I suppose you could maybe say that um, we should have scored more. But at the same time, their keeper had an absolutely phenomenal game. He's on loan from Bournemouth. He's going to do something special. 
I'm sure, in the future. But, um, yeah, just domination from the Oval. Great to see that uh, we've got the record, and let's just see how far we can extend it now, especially with um, Farnborough tomorrow night. Something you just mentioned there, Tom, this X, what's it called, XG? Yep. I mean, where has this suddenly appeared from? It seems to be this season that it's suddenly arrived. Is it somebody come up with some some fancy uh, computer anagram or whatever? I mean, it's, it, you know, how can you start anticipating how many goals are going to be scored? Well, I think it was introduced a few years ago um, as... It measures the difficulty of chance depending on the players in front of them from the angles they're shooting at and how often they're shooting as well. And then it gives the team a general, like, you could have expected to score this many goals. It basically takes the equation out of... Well, it, it it's basically the difficulty of shots and it's just excluding the goalkeeper. It helps measure how good a team, well, statistically played. It also... Um, helps measure goalkeepers show how the well the stats if... are way off though aren't they Tom because aren't I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere one of the teams with the best XG is actually like in the bottom half of the table or something like, it um, can yeah, it can but it, it can sometimes yeah. mean that um, teams are either outperforming or <clears throat> underperforming compared to their XG so yeah. last year we probably Yeovil probably had the worst XG by a mile because it didn't look like we were going to score for, for love nor money and sure enough we couldn't so our stats probably actually matched last year, whereas you had a team last year like Brighton who were massively underperforming their XG but still getting results. Um, so, and it's probably more under the, the Graham Potter era as well, especially at Chelsea. Where I bet you're X pleased you mentioned XG in your response now, and now you had to explain all that. <laughs> <laughs> I was put on the spot. I think that's that's probably maybe we'll ask Adam when he's next on. He's probably got a better idea of it. But load of crap. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's <laughs> thrown you, isn't it? Lost, that's thrown you lost down the XG train now. <laughs> yeah, um, Rick Hyatt, 13 in a row. You've been in, um, you've been in, in the commentary position for amongst those 13 and mentioned on Wednesday that the Dover game might be a game where you do have to sort of bide your time a little bit because there'll be the deep block, and that's kind of how it, it turned out to be, as I said to Tom. But the difference is now as we've got the players in the team um, that can make the difference. And this time, as we said in commentary, it was the fox in the box that's Cox. Did you do commentary? Right? <laughs> you, two haven't, you haven't mentioned it at all. We won. <laughs> it was you two, was it? I wonder uh, who yeah, it was. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, the only, only thing that I thought was going to stop Sonny Cox getting a hat-trick on Saturday was Ian. <laughs> giving his goals to everyone else. <laughs> The only one who could stop him. Bless Ian, I'm I think he took a few pelters for that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned because uh, we're on, you and me are on tomorrow. Yeah. I don't want to be doing the commentary when the run comes to an end. Could somebody else <laughs> do that, please? So if, if you could kindly win, that would just from a personal point of view, that would be lovely. Can I, can I tell you a little story about Farnborough? Um, please. Do you remember when we had to play some games down at Dorchester because... Uh, I think they were redoing the pitch at Hewish Park. Uh, it's going back a few years now. Yeah, it's Thorpe, a little while ago now. Thorpe will remember yeah. it, I'm sure. Well, I was I was down there doing my job for Mr. Mr. Fry, and uh, Graham Wesley was the manager. 
Now, if you remember, <laughs> Graham Wesley Your was, friend of mine. Was, everybody loved Graham Wesley, didn't they? And um, I was sat watching in the press box and because uh, I'd taken the photographs by then and uh, got a message card, chairman wants you, chairman wants you. So I went rushing down to find the chairman. He said, quick, he said, quick, they're just throwing out Graham Wesley now. This, the police will be down there. So get round the back with your camera and take some photograph of Graham Wesley getting slung out. <laughs> it was brilliant. And I did find the photographs and I've still got them. So there you go. <laughs> Oh, we'll have to have a look at those. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure they'll go down a treat with supporters. Good old Mr. <laughs> Wesley. Everybody loves him, didn't they? Thorpey, 30. Uh, 30? Uh, hopefully it will get to 30. But 13 <laughs> big nice. ones at the moment for Yeovil Town. Yeah. Um, it just feels like that every time that you go and turn up and watch Yeovil at the moment, that you're going to get a pretty decent display of football. Depends on well, their XG. Yeah, depending on the XG. I, th I think that once you're you're in that sort of winning mode, I think that you you turn up at the ground, you know, with with a, with a lot more confidence. And um, you know, we saw like when I was down at Taunton, there was an expectation of uh, you winning the game because we had a, a really good squad down there. You know, so the expectation now is when fans turn up is uh, is is high because they they want to see another winning performance and when new people come and join the, the supporters and, and, the, and the gate goes up, hopefully they'll be, that expectation will be there as well. So it costs his own little pressures, isn't it? But um, it's a fantastic um, um, run. Let's hope it continues. Um, let's hope it continues also in the FA Cup so that they can they can take that on, on, on and, and uh, really get enough points ahead of um, to try and get us a, a promotional season, right? You know, because you know, we, we, whilst you're on this run, you don't want it to end. And uh, the players will be absolutely buzzing for that. And um, and the excitement's there amongst the players as well, without a doubt. And, um, so they'll be buzzing and um, uh, hopefully, they, like you say, they can take it on to, to a lot more. Does anybody know what record or who what had the record before? What sort of like era had the record? Because I remember Tom Ritchie saying that... that, that I thought it was that record, the amount of... Um, he spoke about it a couple of years back um, to me whilst I was speaking to him. And we've still got the record. And I don't know whether that was the whether that was the record or or uh, whether it was clean sheets we had. But um, does, uh, does Thomas Blady, the stats so no? I'm not quite that up to date, no. Um... Well, why not? <laughs> ask, <laughs> ask Lovers Cast. Ask Lovers uh, Cast, they'll know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's going to withdraw his £20 donation to your charity now, Tom. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Listen, what I can say is I just think it's a, it's a fantastic... There's a lot of work gone into getting to that, that, that point. And, um, you know, you can only compliment the lads and uh, wish them well for the future. And hopefully they can keep that going because it will be a fantastic achievement and something that will be hard to beat in the future. So keep it up, boys. And as Rick touched on as well, it shall be myself and Rick looking to make it 14. Well, I say us looking to make it 14 because yeah. we're responsible. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully but, it doesn't come yeah. down to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. But for the visit of Farnborough, will be a, mm -hmm. another um, a different sort of test. Farnborough just outside the playoffs, Rick, aren't they? So um, you would expect it to possibly be a, li a little bit different to what happened on Saturday because you'd expect them to maybe play a bit more 
um, expansive football, if expansive's not too exaggerated a word, but certainly compared to what Dover brought to the table. Well, you'd, you'd expect Farnborough to be to offer more of a more of a threat, wouldn't it? Because they they are where they are in the league, and it's not just going to be a backs against the wall defensive performance. But I, I you know, it's Thorpe you touched on it then with the confidence thing. I think that's that's the difference. You get on a run like this, and the confidence breeds confidence, and it's not a case of if you're going to score, which was pretty much the case on Saturday, I think. It's when. You know that the opportunity is going to come and somebody's going to be there and they're going to take it. Whereas you put your mind back 12 months and what do we score? Two goals in a month if we were lucky? And now it's, it's completely changed around. The attitude is different. It's a different place. And you would think the form that the, the club's in at the moment, that uh, you'd expect that run to go on and somebody else can be commentating when it goes belly up. Not me. Thank you. That's exactly right, isn't it? I hadn't thought of that. Who's going to be the full guy yeah. when it comes to covering the game? When even just a draw would just ruin that run, yeah. won't it? That's the thing, isn't yeah. it? A draw, a draw is going to be seen as a disappointing result now, and that's just an illustration of where the standards have, have, have got to. So let's see if the Oval can continue that extra W then uh, tomorrow evening. You can listen to that on Three Valleys Radio. As I say, myself and Rick I'll will be there talking you through that one. I'll Eight. tell you something. Um, obviously, I go to all the press conferences, as you know, and every week this run has been going on. It's like, you know, the conversation usually starts, well, Mark, that's uh, 12 done or 13 done or whatever. <laughs> And you know what's the mood in the dressing room like? And 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 he and he he falls over himself to make sure that we know that they are not taking anything for granted. They are working like beavers apparently. And and you know he's quite <laughs> he's quite demonstrative about the way he he explains to us how um, you know how how determined and and uh, hopeful they are of carrying on. And you know. He really thinks that it's it's going to go on for quite a while yet. That's that's the way he, he comes over, which would be great. Yeah, it's almost like a um, a, a repeat and just replace the the number each week aid, I'd imagine. So yeah, it's just it say, is, yeah. okay, twelve, thirteen, yeah. fourteen, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but he does seem very relaxed with it as well. He's determined. But but I I perceive he's he's relatively relaxed at the moment. I mean I think it would only take a, a nasty injury to somebody or or a suspension you know for some a silly red card or something. But uh, at the moment he is very relaxed and he, he's you know he's he's doing his job properly, which we all love. And uh, long may it continue. <clears throat> so let's move forward then into the Premier League review because. There's only really one place to start, and that's what happened at Stamford Bridge yesterday at 4.30. An absolute <laughs> barn burner. Um, Tom Bailey, I'm going to come to you first, because I think you summed it up well when I spoke to you yesterday, where that was absolute vintage Barclays. It was. It was, it was absolute Barclays. Um, I don't even know where to start. I mean... <laughs> Even the commentary, that that's Peter Drury territory all over it. I, I, even as Palmer scored his penalty, I mean, he's Man City's boy, he's Chelsea's man. What that's a, what stuck with what me. What a sentence that me. is. Yeah. Pure Drury. Um, oh, it's brilliant. Um, 
yeah, I mean, great for Chelsea. I mean, scoring four goals, they've, they've really struggled to get them in recently. So grabbing four against one of the best teams in the world is, is a sign of perhaps things to come. Who's um, the happier manager, Tom? Oh, Poch by an absolute <laughs> mile. Pep will be furious. You can't, you can't. When you're in that level of form as, as a Manchester City side, with the standards they've set and seeing that coming into that game, Chelsea admittedly beat a somewhat fragile um, Spurs side. I mean, nine men and what have you. But their last couple of home games like that weren't top sides were they've lost to Brentford. They've lost to Forest at home already. They, this is not the Chelsea that we would expect this sort of performance from. So Potts would be... He won't be happy, but out of the two, he would be by miles the happier manager because it shows that there's there's definitely something going on here. Um, the lineups seem a bit more settled as well. There's actually you, he's fitting the players that he wants in there, so it's going to be interesting to see how Chelsea develop over the over the coming weeks. Now, um, great to see as well. Um, well, it's just interesting, I should say. Sorry that um, Chelsea can beat the better teams and draw with the better teams and then struggle with the worst. I think they play well against the high line. So That's the point I was going to make. They, they play better against sides that are coming on to them and they've got ex- space behind them to yeah. exploit. Whereas they're, if, when they're in a situation where they're expected to be the dominant team and they're playing against somebody who's got a, a, a low block and it's difficult for them to uh, to play against that ball, it would appear. Yeah, Carry on. Oh, sorry, all they need to do is... I'm nearly finished, don't worry. All they need to do <laughs> is just finish their chances against the worst teams and we could well have Chelsea being uh, back to where they feel they belong. Um, even the table, they're not... Well, they're 10th still, but they're keeping up with the likes of the Newcastles and the Brightons. So, outside chance of Europe? You never know. Yeah, Rick, I was just going to come to you to say that I appreciate it's not necessarily two teams that would be on your Christmas card list, so to speak. But, I mean, it was just one of those games where just as a festival of football, you just sit back and you go, yeah, let it unfold. This is great to watch. Dave, what did that game have? It had goals, goals, goals. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, as as requested by Dave Price. One question, one thing that um, typically... Uh, bitter thing that you'd expect me to say. Do you think anyone else in the Premier League is going to get a penalty quite in that manner? Or is it just Man City that get given the same penalty over and over and over? Because that was soft in the extreme and it had echoes of the one that they got against United and nobody else gets that sort of penalty. I must admit, Rick, I was shouting at the TV when I thought that they were going to give a handball for Haaland. I was like, oh my goodness, we're giving handballs for those when they've already like, yeah. crossed the goal line. I was yeah. like, that's that's awful call if they're going to do that. <laughs> and and then, I, do you think that um, the Championship's Anthony Taylor passed his audition to return to the Championship <laughs> as soon as possible? <laughs> it wasn't very good, was it? But on the flip side, Thorpe, it all helps to to be part of this ingredient which got us the, the goals, goals, goals game that we all enjoyed on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I was going to say, what a spectacle. And what stands out for me uh, is um, you've got a young lad trying to make himself into a decent... Um, he's a man, Thorpe. Well, he's, he's a young man, but he's, he's learned his trade. But I'll tell you what, he has got excuse my French, balls of steel because 
the way he showed everybody that he's got the mentality to take a penalty at, in the 95th minute and to put it high and the keeper absolutely no chance whatsoever shows the level of confidence this lad's got and he's he's prepared to stand stand up and be counted and take on the responsibility to um, to secure a point for, for Chelsea, which was well-deserved. And, you know, Premier has this... Um, Ability to be able to throw up games like this in in, in past, we've had the. I mean, Thorpe, you know, this is probably a terrible. This is, yeah, go on. This is probably a terrible thing for me to say, but it feels as though that his flair as a player doesn't match his personality as a person from the interviews he's given this last week or so. No, listen, but he's young. He's got to learn. The standing in front of the TV is not an easy thing, is it? You know, it's difficult enough standing, you know, uh, with a mic in your mouth, and you know, just. Uh, and you know, and, and and trying to uh, sound okay, but like the same. I'm sure he's a good lad. I'm sure he's a good lad. I'm sure he's a lovely lad, and got to be. A I'm double downing now. <laughs> as he grows up into a real man, um, and then then I'm sure he'll, he'll develop those skills to uh... listen. There's lots of people, lots of people who don't don't stand in front of the TV very well, and. Um, and, and do interviews. It's a difficult thing. People but, may um, think that listening to Three Valleys Radio to Just that. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But listen, you know, it, it let his, his football do the talking and, you know, uh, he's made a magnificent start to his Chelsea career and uh, look, lad, look, 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 he's got a, a decent f- future, like, you know. He backs himself as well because he was told, apparently, he, he pushed for the move from City and he was yeah. told by Pep at the start of the season with Mares taking the Jordan Henderson money, that there was going to be a place, more regular game time for City for in this season. And he still had a move to Chelsea, pushed for that move to Chelsea so that he would be in a situation where he's starting every week. So he might be the sharp, might not be the sharpest pencil, but he certainly backs his ability. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a bold move at such a young age. You know, Bellingham going across to Germany at such a young age to develop his football. And uh, this lad's obviously sat down with his family and his agent and decided to make the move to Chelsea. And uh, it's proving a, a really good move for him at the moment. How did you see it, Aid? Because like everybody else, it was just one of those where every now and then you just get a certain game of football where you just sit back, similar to what happened on Monday night, in fairness, in certain different circumstances, possibly. But the context of, of this game, it, it, was, it was just a joy to watch from start to finish. Well, unfortunately, uh, that particular avenue of pleasure was closed off to me thanks to the fact that my internet wasn't working. <laughs> so consequently, I couldn't get bloody TV to work properly. Um, so that was unfortunate. But I did see, I've seen the goals, obviously, um, but but I've only seen the goals rather than the whole game. Yeah. Uh, and it was, yeah, you know, I mean, it was a typical Manchester. I kept checking the score on my phone and... Uh, 2-1 to Chelsea and I thought oh, that's better that's alright keep going Chelsea and then the next thing I look it's 3-2 to City again you think oh god I C- don't City think anyone again. on the pod on Wednesday I don't think anyone guessed 4-4 from memory no, no. <laughs> but I mean um, you know cl- clearly Chelsea are beginning to get it together I suspect because um, presumably Poch is you know putting his stamp on the whole thing and uh, having gone absolutely crazy buying players and I suppose now he's He's had a few weeks, hasn't he, to see what they're like and to assess whether they're good enough for what he thinks is his team. And clearly some of them are. So, um, 
yeah, you know, well done to Chelsea, I would say. Um, you know, definitely. Well, I want to wind it back. I want to wind it back 24 hours because the early kickoff was Wolves against Spurs and we had late, late drama amongst goals, goals, goals and Rick Hyatt, Spurs will be Spurs. Oh, Spurs are back. Spursy Spurs are back. Two on the spin. Oh, that's a comfortable victory for Tottenham Hotspur. Oops, (laughs) here we go. Yeah, Spurs are back. I bet you you didn't think that when they were a goal up after a couple of minutes, sir. (laughs) No, I I thought that, you know, that, that... Big Andrew's magic was going to carry on and he was going to get another Manager of the Month award. But uh, they've had those... I was uh, going to say he's come unstuck to Gary's Glitter, but you probably can't say that, can you? <laughs> well, the family show and all You and all just that. have. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> or, or clip it up. There you go. There's the trailer <laughs> yeah. done. <laughs> but Spurs have got injuries, which, which apparently affects teams, although... Uh, there's one team that can have over 20 injuries and just get slagged off for not winning every game every week. But it, they obviously missed Madison and the other ones that were out in that game. And Son's disappeared. <laughs> His form's dropped, he's dropped off. Just coincided. Sorry, with sorry. I was laughing at they obviously missed Madison and the other ones. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember their names. <laughs> it's only him. Now, you see, I'm not allowed to do that, forget their names, but... Without getting a mouthful from you. Yeah, I know. But if I did know, if I did remember what their names were, one of them was in my fancy team, the Dutch lad at the back. But the Dutch lad makes me sound like Sam Allardyce, so I thought I'd just <laughs> swerve around it. The thing is, if I did know their names, Adrian, I could pronounce them. Mm. Yeah, well, I can't. That's where we differ. I, yeah, this is true. I, I quite agree with that. I am totally dyslexic when it comes to that. So, so Spurs will be back when Madison and the other lads come back fit again. Yeah. <laughs> but, did you mean? Did you mean Mickey Van de Ven? Is that the one you just read off a, off a piece of paper there, Corby? <laughs> Don't make out you knew it anyway. You read that. Yes, that's exactly who I meant. Well, I'll come along. Hamstring injury. Yeah. Whilst Rick is struggling, uh, can I come to his aid a minute? Because uh, a point that I was going to make was that um, following our pretty lacklustre performance against Luton, but nonetheless, we got three points. And um, apparently we still can't win anything. We're not going to get into the top four. But all of a sudden, we're only uh, three points behind Liverpool, I think we were, until the game on Sunday. Um, and we're getting... Everybody's telling us we're absolute rubbish, etc., etc. And we're, we're up to sixth and we're going all right, even though we're playing rubbish. Well, that's Adrian's thoughts on kind of sandwiched a little bit and there's not many points between any of the top 10 really no so that Dave, that's that's adrian's thoughts on uh wolves against spurs <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well there was no south koreans playing were there well apart from what's his name what's his name adrian <laughs> I, I give up what is his name hung 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 or something like oh that. but that's allowed to stay in <laughs> yeah. He's the boss. We can't tell him off. Yeah. The only, the only, the only thing was the noise hitting the back of the net when Lumina got the winner. Tom well, Bailey. Was... <laughs> well, that was a stretch, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> it wasn't as impressive a goal as the as the first one, the equaliser. Oh. Um, 
Great goal from Sarabia. Sarabia? Yeah. Sarabia? Um, yeah, brilliant strike from him. And, Adrian, uh, how do you pronounce that chap's name? Well, Sarabia. <laughs> there you go. Close, <laughs> Close enough, um, isn't it? If it's good enough for AD, it's good enough for me. Yeah, uh, that yeah, do. Yeah. Um, big win for Wolves. Uh, good to see them. Well, they're now... Oh, Gary O'Neill loved it as well, didn't he? Absolutely loved it. All of those decisions going against him all seemed to come out in that one moment. It worked for him, and you can't say they haven't deserved it as well. They they've been they've been good since. Uh, well, they've had a tricky start, but that now takes them twelfth, six. Well, nine points clear of the drop. So maybe we're looking more at a mid-table side. Gary O'Neill's working his magic. Before I stop, um, I have the record, the previous team for the Yeovil wins. Um, oh, really. Mr. David Coates has glad gladly uh, filled me in. It was the 1963-64 season while we were in the Southern League. Wow! So there you go. That's a 50, 60 year So I don't, th I don't think you, I don't think you were playing then, Thorpey. No, no I was just like about it. being born. Actually, <laughs> just being born. That's a pity. I was hoping we could have given you a bit of the glory there, Thorpey. No, no chance. No chance. Whilst just you've got a pregnant pause a minute, I want to raise something else as well, which is not to do with Wolves or, or Yeovil for the minute, but two things happened over the weekend. Well, well one in the midweek and one over the weekend. First of all, how did Pooch get away with all his antics after the game? Swearing and going... Who? Pooch. Pochettino. Oh, who said that? Um, oh, that, that, uh, that? That premiership footballer, Pochettino. Yeah, that's, that's the boy. So how did he get away with that? Right for starters, without at least getting booked or a yellow card, and he didn't. He he did get booked. Did he? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I'll let him off that one. And the other one was um, Copenhagen's first goal. It was blatantly offside. Absolutely blatantly offside, and I just cannot believe there was a bloke standing right almost, almost in front of the goalkeeper. So I don't see why these things happen. Dave, I carry mean, on with the Premier League review now, then. <laughs> I think it just goes on to the wider point, Aid, because there's lots of stuff that's happened over the last few weeks that seems to have just driven everybody up the wall. And um looks like it was no different for you on Wednesday. It was, mate. <laughs> it was. I'll tell you something else that winds me up as well is him poncing about with his hair every bloody two minutes. Poopy! <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Aid, we'll, we'll stick with you because you did mention about um, the Man United results. So we, we may as well go there next. I asked you when we did the Fulham review about was it just a case of getting in, getting out, job done and move on? Was it mm -hmm. the same case? Was it the same here as well? Well, I, I thought we should have won by more. Um, we had three, four, even five possible chances which we didn't convert. But at the end of the day, I suppose it was three points, really, wasn't it? And that was that was the thing. And another another win up to sixth, and not doing quite as bad as everybody seems to make out. That would be my sort of take on it, really. How do you see it, Rick? Um, does, did you boys see the uh, the current form table over the past five five matches for the Premier League? Which Premier League team do you think's got the most points over the last five games? Not seen it. No, I didn't. But I'm sure you're going to tell us. 
Yeah, it might be the team that uh, Adrian was calling for a change of manager a couple a couple of weeks ago. Who was that? Manchester United, current informed team in the Premier League. Yeah, is it really? Yeah, yeah. They've got more points in the last five games than anyone else. Have they really? I'm not I'm yeah. surprised. Perception's weird, isn't it, in football? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Totally, it doesn't fit the narrative. They, um, Eric's the equal quickest to 30 wins or something that that came out this week. United are actually two points, only two points worse off than they were after the same amount of games last season when they finished third in the Premier League and have had horrendous injuries. A third of the goals disallowed by VAR this season have been against Manchester United. Really? Of the decisions. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not five. as bad. And give, the, give the manager a chance. He's working with the worst owners in the world. And there's been horrendous injuries at crucial in crucial positions this season. It's just disappointing that uh, it's not more goals, goals, goals going in left, right and centre. But it is a case of getting the job done. And Clean given, sheets are good though. Yeah. Onana seems to have got rid of his poppadom wrists and he can actually make saves now, which is a nice thing. A good thing to add to his, add to his game. Uh, hopefully Luke Shaw will be back after the international break. He was and, at the funeral. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I, I just, I just said all the way through this that you've got to back Eric Ten Hag and stick with him, and he's the right man for the, he's the right man for the job, given the right backing, and with a bit of luck, and the, a few decisions go in their way, and United will start climbing, uh, climbing the table because it could be anyone's, anyone's title this season. The way that uh, teams are taking points off each other. Mm. I think so patience. The stat you run about, I think, was that Ten Hag has won, is the first person to win 30 games out of the first 50 as manager. In the Premier League, wasn't it Fergie did it in the same? I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Fergie, Fergie's so, the only one who's done it the same. So, so again, he's the first manager to what? He's the quickest to win 30 games, 30 Premier League games as a Manchester United manager. All right. So stop panicking. Stick with him. Just yeah, doesn't um, it does doesn't look like a Manchester United side though. And no, they're, sorry. I know they're grinding out results at the moment and fair play to them, the players who are uh, putting a shift in, but it still looks disjointed, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. But they're in you know, getting circumstances. But to be fair, you know, Liverpool, um, you know, the season they won it looked disjointed at times, you know, and and they were still grinding out the results. So maybe that's Maybe that's what it needs at the moment. And um, like you say, the stats speak for themselves, don't they? And uh, and uh, that for you guys is, is, is all good. I'm not aware so of you're Liverpool we just, having uh, many injuries. Have they, Dave? Sorry? Liverpool. They haven't got that many injuries, have they? I think we were on um, the title winning side. Not at the moment, yeah. Not at the moment. Are you talking about the title winning Season Thorpey, yeah, yeah. So all United yeah. need to win the league is uh, is a pandemic, and, we, and then so moving on, then moving on, moving on to a title that has a little asterisk. Moving on, Arsenal Burnley, Tom Bailey, three-one Arsenal, all Arsenal. Go on, talk to me about Arsenal. <laughs> what can I tell you about Arsenal? Um, 
what else? Well, what can I tell you about Burnley? Is that they're shocking. Uh, they, but they did score. <laughs> they, they did. Uh, they also let three in though, and James <laughs> Trafford. Touché. James Trafford looks really bad. Um, certainly not ready for the Premier League at the moment. Uh, I don't think many of them are ready for the Premier League at the moment. I was going to say, where do you stop with that comment? Yeah, it. In all, in all fairness, you say that he did make some amazing saves as well. You know what I mean? It's it's that transition because he's you know, the confidence must be low because his, his defence are, are, are not performing as as a group. They're not defending well for him, so he's under a lot of pressure. You know, and to say he's not ready for the Premiership, I think it's a bit harsh, really, because. You know, he's a young man trying to become a Premiership uh, goalkeeper. You know, he's he's highly rated by some of the top top goalkeeping coaches. You know, and he's in a team that are not performing, and they're they're just not defending well as a team. So he's probably having to make an extra ten, twelve saves per game, and in those there's going to be some mistakes, isn't there? So I think it's a bit harsh to say he's not ready for the Premiership when he's clearly overworked as a goalkeeper. Well, he's he's bitten back at you, Tom Bailey. No, 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 I'm not bitten back. I'm just, I'm just being the devil's advocate because... Like, he won't have to worry know, about it next season, will he? So I, that's I, one good thing. Yeah, no, he won't because he's going to be back in the Championship. But I just think that, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're sort of like, um, you, you know, a, a goalkeeper, you're, you're there to be shot at. But, but I, you know, I have to say, his team are not helping him, are they? And I think that he's, you know, he's, he's. I think he's a up and coming goalkeeper. What about what about Arsenal, Thorpe? Um, is that just a case of yeah, another sort of similar job done, move forward, three one that would do? I, I, I just think that, that they were already on to a loser. They, you know, I, I, the manager needs to learn how to, you know, he's pretty pretty football uh, and get away from that and uh, learn how to win Premiership football games, you know. And I don't think he's helping, um, you know, and 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 you know. Tom's given a valid point about the goalkeeper, but I just think that it's, there's more to it than 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 that. I think there's more to it that. But Arsenal, listen, they're looking strong. I, I think they're, you know, I, I, I don't think they'll win it this year, but I think they're still going to be in the top four. I think they're, you know, they, they're they're probably three away from a really excellent team. Um, yeah, and Burnley could go down with the least points ever. <laughs> I want to um I want to check the attention to um Palace Everton because Aid even though oh. you weren't on the pod on Wednesday oh sorry you Rick you're coming in with an Arsenal yeah. point no no not an Arsenal point I'm not going to mention Arteta's hair this week at all under any circumstances uh-huh. but uh, just a point about um the Palace Everton game yeah just to, just a reminder that this is the game that didn't we all predict it to be a nil nil draw that's, that's exactly where i was going yeah. with it yeah, yeah it's a, <laughs> i was going to throw it to aid purely because he wasn't on the pod but i was going to say were you just as surprised as everyone that this wasn't last on match of the day and it was one all after five minutes before ending three two well i wasn't surprised at all i always said it was going to be three two i said that all <laughs> along so you know i don't know what you were, no, were doing you're, you're adrian so your internet goes down on the one week where you're going to get a prediction right yeah that's right that is absolutely <laughs> bang on that, eh? yeah bang yeah. on bang on what else do you want me to say Everton, Everton, i was gonna say everton are, have picked up a bit of form and you've said that you, mm. you thought Sean you're not, you're not going to play them in a the couple right of weeks man. as well away <laughs> 
So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's quite interesting that Burnley, though. Have you seen? I don't know. Have anybody seen the Burnley um, uh, no, documentary. documentary on? No. I think it's on. Was it on BT Sky? Isn't it? Sky. I don't know. But anyway, I've seen it. Yeah. But old uh, Vincent Company. Oh, he's so arrogant on there. It's not true. And and you know he's got nothing to be arrogant about. They're they're, they're failing miserably at the moment. But um, yeah. Well, to, to the group, the, uh, question, at what point do you think maybe, you know, do, do Burnley accept their fate or do they or they do they actually think, well, actually, you know, Sam Allardyce is still available. Burnley <laughs> and, uh, are in, and try Burnley and, and, sorry, Burnley are an ugly on. Norwich. Burnley are? An ugly Norwich. Norwich came up and down playing nice yeah. football and then tried to do it in the Premier League and it was awful. And they went down yeah. and trounced the championship again. Burnley are that, but they're just an uglier club. It's just an uglier badge. It's the same. They're going to go up and down a bit. They'll lose company. But that, they've invested that much in Vincent Company changing their playing style. That if they change, they've got players in, presumably, yeah. with a view to playing that way moving forward. If they do get someone like a Big Sam or someone like that in and go, this season's gone. So they might yeah. as well stick with company. They're, they're trapped. Yeah, they're trapped. They they can't get rid of company because they've backed in this hard. It's gone yeah. catastrophically wrong. So they're going to have to go down, think about it, do it again. I would just like I would just like to come again. in and I would just like to come in and apologise to any Crystal Palace and Everton fans that we've <laughs> we've um, we've done we've we've started talking about their roundup with whether or not Vincent Company will keep his job. <laughs> Bringing it back from Burnley to Everton, Sean Dyche doing a great job with Everton. Dyche ball. Really, I, I hate it. I hate it because it's working. He's a brilliant manager. Can't stand him. Yeah, Lovely man. Going back to... He finds a way of winning games, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Going back to Burnley, uh, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I did mention that the thing about um, um, Vincent Company. The whole of the director's board went in to the dressing room after every game. And I thought to myself, I wonder how many managers would put up with that, especially when they're losing all the time. It's probably the last thing they want to see is the board of directors come marching into the dressing room. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, it's not something I'd like. No. Thorpe, I'll stick with you because um, it was a comfortable win for, for Liverpool in the end on, on Sunday. I think everyone thought it was probably going to be a bit more of a difficult game. I mean, I suppose... To be honest, it was in a way. The game was probably a lot closer than three 0 suggests. Did you see it that way? No, I just think it was a very professional performance, really. Um I mean it could have been more if new I mean I think Nunes had um two goals disallowed as well. Mm. And then he makes he makes Salah Salah, you know, just nonchalantly headed the second and that um, partnership seems to be working quite well though at the moment. Yeah. I agree I, that like Nunes isn't really happening for him in front of goal. But his link-up work is starting to be really effective for the team. Absolutely, and he's becoming. Listen, he hasn't been. He's not been there that long, has he? Really? So um, you know, he's giving time. He's he's like you say, he's setting play play up really well, and um, he's getting in the right positions. He just needs to you know stay on side a little bit more, and um, you know. But he's he's finishing. <laughs> It's good. And he did the second one that got disallowed. It was a lovely little overhead kick, and uh, mm. so he's getting in the right places. But I just, I just think it was a, a solid performance, and just what the manager wanted—a re a response to their, to their loss midweek, which I thought was a really poor performance. Um, so they needed the bounce back, and they've done so. 
as they march on. Still looking for top four this year. I don't think they'll win it. I still think it'll be um, Man City will come with a late rush, you know, just to pip, pip everybody by, um, you know, probably nine points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom Bailey, do you, did you um, say, I've realised that I do this all the time, that Tom, you're kind of in the Solly March zone, where for me, you have to say Tom Bailey as one word. <laughs> I, you, you are not Tom, you are Tom Bailey, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so Tom you're kind of in, Yes, you're in the Solly March vortex. Solly McTominay. But um, yeah, how did you see the, the game? Professional job in the end? Yeah, um, I said it was going to be a tricky one. And judging from the scoreline, at least, it seemed very much the opposite. Uh, Brentford are a really, really weird team. I never know how to call them. Um, yeah, it's a good job that we've they beaten them. They were on a good run of form before that. They three were, yeah, row. three in a row. They've um, they've got themselves going now. Um, I, I just, you can't call them, can you? Because you go to Stamford Bridge, win 2-0, and then come back and beat a pretty good West Ham side as well and then do this. It's really bizarre. Um, they're probably taking the Palace role of no one really knows what they're going to do at any point this season. So they'll they'll be fine. But yeah, Liverpool looking good. Nunes looking brilliant. Um, good to see that he's getting himself involved as well. Um, my only concern is um, Endo. I don't know too much about how he did, but the only highlight I have heard about is that he should have been sent off. So yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that, really. I think small, smaller DMs always worry me anyway, and he's not exactly young to develop, so I'm not sure how that's going to go. But, I mean, I'm still open to improving me wrong, of course. Um, Aid, I'm going to come to you on the, the Bournemouth-Newcastle game, purely because I'm not going to come to Tom, because Tom was pretty bold on Wednesday, and he said don't, don't not only would Tom Newcastle Bailey. win... Tom Bailey, you're absolutely right. Um he predicted that Newcastle would win and the Bournemouth manager would lose his job. Well, he couldn't have been any more wrong, A.D. Hopper. <laughs> no, he couldn't. Um, I did see a bit of the game, but not all of it because it kept flashing in and out all the time, which was most annoying. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought Bournemouth played well. Solanke, especially two goals, you know, he looked all right, I thought. I thought that second goal was a really good finish, that yeah, little flip yeah. to adjust himself. So, you know, I was quite surprised they were quite so effective as they were. But I suppose the Newcastle excuse would be, well, you know, we've had loads of games and we had to play in midweek and we lost to Dortmund and, you know, everybody was injured and we had to, we've got all these injuries and, you know, we, we can't can't carry on really. It's a wonder we were able to get the game on at all with all the injuries we've got. So I suppose that would be their excuse. Tom Bailey, what went wrong with your prediction? everything <laughs> um i hate bournemouth can't stand them why are they doing this to me maybe look like a clown um great to see solanke on the score sheet twice i think he's a really good striker um probably about his level lower mid table but he he's got a couple of good goals getting himself going now um They've got some really good players. This is the really bizarre bit about Bournemouth. Like they, I had them as a dark horse this season. Started the season awfully, and then it kind of just, yeah, it was weird. Um, Newcastle as well. I mean, they, they're again a bit weird. Um, 
but I really know how to call them as well. Because again, sometimes they'll go and hammer, like say, hammer Aston Villa and then lose to Bournemouth. So I suppose that's just a Premier League for you. But again, they'll they'll pick it up. Weirdly, Manchester United are above Newcastle, which they doesn't are they doesn't sit right with me. Because um, judging from the at least the media, you would think that uh, Man United well, are in a relegation battle. It's yes, clearly one, not the case. One team's in crisis, aren't they? Exactly. It's it's, well, presumably, Rick, you were absolutely ecstatic that the fact that um, it was a defeat for um, Howe and Tyndall in the Howe and Tyndall derby. T- Tyndall and Howe, please, in the Jason Tyndall derby. <laughs> T&H. I was, not, I was actually very, very disappointed with the result because uh, what with Saudi Arabia losing, that meant that they didn't put a picture of Jason Tyndall celebrating with the lads in the changing room after the game that wasn't to be seen anywhere it's almost almost as if they uh, tied it up and, and buggered off home because they had nothing to celebrate Kieran Trippier having a nice word with uh, with their supporters who've just <laughs> travelled the, the length of the country to support their uh, their team and so they get a mouthful of him because they're not happy about things what is it's, what is people's general thoughts on that because I think you only save that if you're in a position like Reading, where they've had points deductions for financial issues. They've got no idea who's playing week in and week out and if their owner is even going to be there. Mm-hmm. That's when you can have conversations like that. But Newcastle are seventh. They're playing Champions League football for the first time I was in 15 say, years. Short memories is what comes I, to mind. Remember where think? you came from. Newcastle had Mike Ashley a year ago, year and a half ago. Yep. And now they're complaining about that. Like that's entitlement to a new level. Do you, when do you when think do you get that they're um, possibly starting to believe their own hype and think yes. that they're a bigger club than they actually are? It's a sense of entitlement there. Back in the box, Geordies. As much as in a, a footballing sense only, because I, I, I'm on Rick's side in the the regime that's going on at Newcastle. Newcastle actually have history that I want that to work for them in a footballing sense, um, but fans like that make it very tricky to get behind a team like that um again despite whatever's going on behind the scenes um yeah i thought that was a bit stupid from despite the fact that the media are convincing us that we've all got to get behind it we've all got to love newcastle and it's a wonderful project and they're all doing so very well and no middle-aged man has got a tan quite like jason tindall Thorpe, just on that point, very quickly, have you ever had um, an earful from a fan and, and had it out with them on the side of the pitch? Uh, no, away away fans, but um, not not home fans. Not your own quite, fans. Quite no. quite lucky on that. I think what's interesting as regards to um, the Newcastle situation is that interesting. No, Dan Byrne, Lewis Hall wasn't there, and I think that their left hand side was a little bit. Um, you know, not 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 the usual. So people are trying to fit in. I think that they're just missing those players. It just just goes to show that their squad's not as strong as what it should be, um, and they need to take the owners and uh, the manager need to take that club to the next level. They're not there yet. But Thorpe, I'll it, stick with you because we haven't we haven't got much time yeah, left. We've still got a few on. more games to get with. But uh, West Ham Forest that turned into be a Dave Pryor goals, goals, goals. And um, <laughs> I don't think too many people were expecting that either. But West Ham getting on the right side of it. And what was interesting for me is that Forest will be completely disappointed with the fact that it was two corners. But 
do you look at that as poor defending or do you look at it and say that when you've got somebody like Ward Prowse on the set piece, you just got to hold your hands up and say the ball's just too good? At which side of the coin are you on? If you're playing against West Ham, knowing knowing that you've got Ward Prowse and everything, the one thing you'd work on is defending set play. And they must have done that. They must have done that. Because it, it, even at lower level, you, you, you work on those things and you work on your, your positioning of your um, of your defenders on, on corners as well as on, um, on on wide free kicks. And I, if, I, if I was a manager, I'd have, not first, I'd have had somebody pinging those balls in with a lot of, lot of swerve and trying to defend it because it's really, really difficult. If it's floated in there, it's fine. But the way he... The way he puts the ball just above the headline, with a lot of pace, with a lot of lot of swerve, means that it's really difficult. And um, <coughs> if, if uh, Nottingham Forest haven't been working on that, then then you know then that's foul. You know, fool them because um, you know it, I thought it, it, his performance was absolutely magnificent. His delivery was magnificent. Gerard Bowen was, you know, got a little flick on Sushak as well. Um, just think that the that West Ham are doing a great job. Yeah, Rick, another um, decent win for for David Moyeth. So I'll say it for you because um, they had been a little bit flat, particularly after the European games. So that was it was a big win for them on Sunday. Yeah, especially after going a goal down as well, having taken the lead early and then going going two one down. Showed uh, good resilience. Ward Prowse, excellent delivery on free kicks, mm. as, as Thorpey was saying. There, there's always going to be an asset to, to any side, and they stuck in. They got, they stuck together, and they uh, they got a result. They're going to be one of those teams in that little group. Them, Fulham, Crystal Palace, Wolves, that are just going to be solid, solid mid-table and safe and whatever. Have that their little peaks, little lows, and hopefully have a decent one in Europe. But David. He's certainly doing a job. He knows his he knows his squad. Aid sticking with Claret and Blue. Um, another comfortable win for Villa. I think it was something like. Oh now I've doubted myself. They've got so many wins in a row. It's double figures. I'm sure. 15. Is it like 15 home wins? There it is. 15, 15 home wins in, in a Premier League and Conference League, specifically. No, but it's not, ah, it's not wins go. though, is it? It's it's undefeated, isn't it? No, it is wins. Is it? 15 wins. They're better than Yeovil, then. Yeah. But that's some going, isn't it? I mean, they say that keep your home form good and then the rest should hopefully take care of itself. I mean, that's that's some that's some going from Aston Villa. Yeah, I must admit, because when, when Unai Emery was uh, manager of um, Arsenal, I didn't really think that much of him, to be honest, but he certainly come through this lot all right, hasn't he, and turned them around. I don't know whether the, the Chinese owners have been shelling out quietly and but pretty effectively. Um, on the flip side, though, a bit of a struggle for Fulham at the moment. They're just sort of mm. very quietly getting closer and closer towards the bottom of the table. I think they've lost four on the trot now, haven't they? Uh, yes, something like that. I think what's saving them at the moment is that there's just some worse teams in the division compared to them um, yeah. at the moment. In fact, we'll probably come, we'll come to them now because we haven't got much time left we are running over so um tom just quickly wrap up brighton sheffield united because sheffield united getting a point in the end after a red card which seemed to change the game but no doubt about the red 
Uh, I didn't see it, I'll be honest, but um, I hear it was 10 minutes of head loss from Brighton. Um, and judging from the post-match as well with the Zerbi, I uh, yeah, sounds just a lot like head loss. Uh, really, really good point for Sheffield United. Again, I've not got much to go off performance-wise, but it's yeah, huge moment for them, even if it was just an own goal. Um, again, to go to a place like Brighton, who are... Uh, who've got the the players that they do? They're not at a great run of form at the moment, but Sheffield United can't really say much either. So yeah, really really good point for them. Um, only a couple of points outside the drop zone now. Sorry, before they get out of the drop zone. I think that's pretty much all we've got time for this evening. So uh, Tom Bailey, I will stick with you uh, to say thank you very much for joining us, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. You may hear me on Wednesday if we do one. If not, you'll hear me on Saturday at Torquay in the FA Trophy with Mr. George. I've forgotten his surname. George. Marshall yes. James. Excellent work. We're all very close here at Three Valleys Radio. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Rick Hyatt, look forward to commentating with you tomorrow night at the time of recording. And, uh, yes, I'll see, you, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. I just noticed it announced in the, in the press. About the uh, switching on of the Christmas lights in Yeovil. Yes. Thorpe overlooked again. Again. This is shocking. How lucky am I? Justice for <laughs> But yes, um, yeah, we'll be on. We'll be on tomorrow, and uh, look, looking forward to it. And before we go any further, they deny any responsibility if Yeovil lose. Yeah, it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> Not my we're on fault. the hunt. We're on the hunt for another W, Rick. That's what we're yes. on the hunt for. Paul Thorpe, if we don't get a chance to speak to you again, good luck with the op, and we'll see you again very soon, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, not looking forward to it, but uh, it's got to be done, so um, Wednesday morning it is. Good luck, Thorpe. And just Thank because I've now asked much. you about that on air, Thorpe, just let the listeners know that it's uh, nothing to worry about. <laughs> it's not a vasectomy, no, no, is it? It's not a vasectomy, is it? No, it's not. No, no. <laughs> A uh, very, a very small operation. You know, it's, uh... Well, that would be a vasectomy, <laughs> then, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, uh, but it's a knee replacement. The right knee's playing up, so it's got to be done. And um, then, uh, yeah, uh, a long rehabilitation. And uh, yeah, as soon as I can get it done, as soon as I can get back fit and healthy. I was up around Yeovil Hospital yesterday, actually, and I saw a bloke carrying a black and decker in, and and yeah. um, um, a chainsaw. So I think they're oh, all geared up ready for it. That's a good job going to Mallet then, isn't it? Spoil sport. Just a quick thought. If, if Thorpe, if you're getting your knee done, when you do commentary, commentary, when you do commentary with Hilda, where's he, yeah. he going to sit if your knee's out of action? <laughs> <laughs> On the end of my arm where he normally is. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Who's working who? Well, I think we definitely need to leave now. So uh, <laughs> a good night from myself, Dave Pryor, and Aidy Hopper. Sign us off, my friend. Thanks for listening, everybody, to Football Bloody Hell.